Yes. <laughs> Woohoo! Yay! Come on, you guys. You're supposed to give something. Yay! Thank you. Because <laughs> otherwise, because otherwise. All right. So I want to say welcome to everyone that is joining us live. We are here at Astounding Love, a global church fellowship. Welcome to Kingdom Conversations, where we have prophetic and supernatural encounters with the Word of God, with the Spirit of God, with the love of God. So we're going to open up tonight in prayer. We are at Astounding Love, a global church fellowship in San Jose, California. We are in the second sanctuary at 1914B Trade Zone Boulevard at the corner of Trade Zone and Ringwood. So it's the, set, uh, the main entrance or the first entrance when you first drive into the parking lot. I am Pastor Lundzine Lee. It is my honor to serve as the pastor of Astounding Love. I'm here with a, a, a lot of really lovely individuals that are here for our kingdom conversation yes. to find out what the Holy Spirit has to say. So we're gonna open up in prayer and then we're going to find out what the Spirit of the Lord says. I have a few things rolling around on the inside of me things that I do want to share with you, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. Father, we praise you, and we thank you for the power of the word. We thank you. We praise you. They say I'm muted. Hold on. Well, y'all could hear me anyway, but you couldn't hear me through this thing. No, actually, I'm not muted. We praise you, and we thank you, Lord, for the power of your word. We thank you, and we praise you for the truth that you have to speak to us. We thank you and we praise you for your loving kindness, which is better than life. The words, I thank you and praise you, are not a litany or a, a rhetorical type of thing. It's not just words. It is a conversation with you about you. It is an opportunity to be ministered to by you, to, uh, to come into your presence, to hear what it is that you have to say to learn about ourselves and to learn about others, to learn about you and to learn how to walk with you on the inside of us. I thank you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your peace that passes all understanding. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to rest in you and I choose to do that. And I thank you that you're so big and you're so strong, you're able to hold us all. In and of itself, I find that amazing. We give glory to you, glory to you, glory to God. And you release your glory in our presence. You bring us into your presence. You bring us into the reality that we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And I am really grateful that in these days we're finding out there is so much more to you than the old time religious life that we used to live. I feel as though I am a part of a people that has been broken out of prison, the prison of religion and tradition and that these are the days of discovery of the Spirit of God and the love of God and the goodness of God and the power of God, everything else that, that you are. I thank you for this. I am so grateful to be alive in these days. And I don't want to be a premature one. I'm not looking for you 
to get me out of here. I'm looking for you to be released in me and a lot of people to be made free. And so I humble myself before you tonight, Holy Spirit. And I rest in you to listen to what it is that you have to say to us in this kingdom conversation. Thank you in advance because I know that you just have a way, just have a way of making yourself known. So we thank you for it in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. All right. Sunday was a very, um, I think it was a, a day that you marked to say that we have had an encounter with God that raised the bar for the life that we're to live. I have oftentimes, now when I'm being religious, when I have been religiously traditional, I can get exhausted by God. And the way, the reason I say that is because as I hear of things that he says that he wants his people to walk in, I would find that I was like, there's just no pleasing him. It seemed that he was making demands that were impossible. And I found it very frustrating. But I learned that the reason that I found it so frustrating was because I was filtering it through the what I can do apart from him set of ears. I was listening to him, in other words, according to the flesh. So what we have on the board, or what we'll have on the screen, I should say, is that the, we are having spirit-to-spirit -spirit conversation. That's what it is, it's spirit-to-spirit. And we are going to stay with that because we began a little bit last week to talk about how to live as spirits and to live from the spirit of the living God. And we're going to look at it. Some of it will come from what we could call, I'm not going to call it the negative place, but I'm going to call it the old life place. Because when the Holy Spirit opened up uh, into, flowered this thing, or started this blossoming on the inside of me on Sunday morning, to say, I want you to talk about new life. And I thought about it, and it's like, you know, I, I, I'm learning about that. That's the life I want to walk in. Now here's the thing about the new life in Christ Jesus. The quality of this life is such that it will never be old, okay? You see, the things of God are from a timeless place. And so anything that comes from him is never old. In order for it, it, it doesn't decay. It doesn't, uh, there's, we can call it something being seasoned. But what you cannot do is say that anything God gives you ever wears out. He gives you that example, actually, in, in the book of Exodus, or uh, when you're talking about the children, what they call the children of Israel, that their shoes never wore out. Nothing that they had ever died out because it came from heaven. Now, let's look at that a little closer. When he says something like that, it, it, uh, let me find that scripture too. Um, he, he said, when you were out there and you were doing this, he said, you, you know, you walked in this, you walked in the, I've led you 40 years in the wilderness, your clothes have not worn out on you and your sandals have not worn out on your feet. That's Deuteronomy 29.5. Your 
40 years in the wilderness, 40 years in the wilderness, and your clothes have not worn out on you. Now, for fashionistas, that's very frustrating. <laughs> Except that I don't think that they were only talking about one change of clothes. But what he is saying is that that means that they didn't fade with time. They didn't, they never, they didn't get little tears. They didn't get any of that. These are finely made garments. And because they had a supernatural quality to them, he said, I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you and your sandals have not worn out on your feet. He said, you know, in other words, he said, even when you eat, you've not eaten bread, nor have you drunk wine or drink, that you may know that I, the Lord your God. He said, I've, I've, yes, I've sustained you, and you've been more than sustained. You've been in health, you haven't had sickness and disease, all of these different things. Why? Because they had the supernatural encounter with God. They were walking in the place that he told them to walk, to be brought out of a place that he did not want them to stay. And as long as they were staying within those confines, the supernatural reality of the kingdom of God was in their midst. In the same way that you look at this life that you have been given through Christ Jesus, this, the quality of the life that God has given you is eternal. Tell me when eternity is going to burn out. Okay, not ever. And so people talk about, this is, this is a, I, I wanna use this as a, a kind of a springboard for you. You've heard people say, oh, um, this person here, they're 75 years old or 90 years old. They look good for their age. I think that's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And I, I've had people, you know, um, that they would, regardless of what your age is, or, or somebody finds out what my chronological number is, and so they, they make dumb statements like, oh my God, you look so good for your age, you look this, you look that. It's like, first of all, oh, you look so young. Well, I am young, what are you talking about? Well, no, because you know anything over 21 or 30, I guess it is, or whatever their, their latest thing is, that's supposed to be old. It's like, well, yeah, I guess in man years, but not in God years, it's not. Not in God years, it's not. So people walk around, Crystal and I talked about this a little bit on our way in today, and they age prematurely because they're always talking about being old. Oh, my bones. Oh, you know, my back, my, you know, you, when you get to be my age, this starts to happen. It's like, oh no, when I get to be your age, that will not be happening, okay? There are things that we've accepted that have been ingrained in us. Well, you know, this runs in the family. This is just the way it's always been. The men in our family, this is what happens to them. This is what has always happened to the women. And what are they doing? They're recounting the way that the curse of, of the law has worked in their lives with an expectancy of the same thing happening to our generations. But that's, and that I can understand when you walk in the old life, okay? But you are no longer that person. Now, I'm giving scriptures the same ones that we talked about a little bit on Sunday, but I, I, I believe I'm just gonna get to take some time with this. Second Corinthians chapter five, it tells us if any man is in Christ, I, I've heard this, my bracelet's making noise, okay. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, right? Behold, all things have become new. Um, let me see. 
Let me find that one. Now, when you listen to these things from every book after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you have started to come into the church era. Everything we read about that Yeshua did, that Jesus performed in the time, in, in the, the Gospels, is telling you about the way he walked in the covenant that God had cut, that he and God had cut, how he walked as a covenant keeper. And it's also showing you how the, the, the establishing of that covenant and the fulfillment of every prophecy was taking place through his life, but also he was demonstrating what it would be like for us to walk in, filled with the spirit and to live from the spirit life. So what we've done, you know this, you'll read about the different men and women that had encounters with Yeshua. You'll read about the lady that once upon a time had an issue of blood. You read about um, the, the one that was uh, stricken and had been held captive and bent over for all of those years, as he referred to her as the daughter of Abraham. You read about these people. You even read about the Syrophoenician woman that came to get a healing for her daughter. You read all these different things. With that encounter, you got a glimpse of your life or how things are for you to walk in Christ. But everything you read where these people came under the covenant and received from Jesus, two things were happening. They were realizing that that covenant that had been cut is real. And he was demonstrating that in order for the manifestations to come, he was doing the same type of thing that we saw Elijah, Elisha, and all of the prophets of old when things started to happen. They had to be living from a supernatural reality. They could not be living from an earthly reality. Are you all with me so far? You and I were not called to live a natural reality. We were called to live a supernatural one once we became born from above. And your failures financially, emotionally, physically, and so forth, and the frustrations always come from the lifestyle of the carnality or the flesh, the carnal life. And carnal is not bad, you know. It's, not, it's a bad life. It's a limited life. And he's saying, I never made you to connect with me according to your flesh, according to your natural understanding, or according to the course of this world. I called you to live higher from a place where all things are possible. But we get frustrated. As I said earlier, I was frustrated with God because it just seemed like he's, he's asking me to do this and he wants me to, I'm supposed to be obeying him, but I cannot get these things done. You want me to do this, but it's not working. You know, um, maybe there is some truth to, to what people say about this. You want me to do that, but I, I don't even see how I can do it. And all of these type of expressions and feelings and emotions and so forth are telling you you are walking in a direction that is opposite or contrary to the way that God wants you to walk. You're not even walking parallel. You're walking away. What's going to happen tonight is I'm not going to punch you in the chin. We're going to punch through a wall. <laughs> all right? 
If I hit you, all it's right. all right. Because it would only be just to say straighten up and let, let's, let's take a look at this the other way, all right? So what he's saying is I am telling you that what the things I did, I looked at is Matthew 9. I was reading Matthew 9, verses 27 through 35. I didn't get that far. Uh, and this is, you know, it says when Jesus departed from there, from where he was, two blind men followed him crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. So what is that? That's the cry of the covenant. That is a covenant. They had the right to say that. All right? And then he's, when he had come into the house and something, I believe this was his house, that the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Now you may have heard this preached from time to time. You may have heard this preach. Oh, do you believe? Yes, Lord, I believe. Yes, Lord, I believe. Anybody? Okay, I'm not knocking that, but how about we crack that open and go to the other side of it? Okay, okay. let's go to the other side of it. So it says in verse uh, yeah, 28, when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus, and I, I remarked on this before, isn't it interesting that they knew where to go? And he said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. And then he touched their eyes and he said, according to your faith, let it be to you. Now, when I've heard this preached and somebody said, according to your faith, let it be to you, that is a very true statement. But I was frustrated by it because now I've got to go to the, all the work. It's like trying to make something from scratch. Now I've got to go to the store. Before I even go to the store, I probably, if I'm going to cook meat, I probably have to get a gun and go hunt it or go fish and go catch it because you're just giving me a whole pile of things to do in order for me to believe you and now I gotta go find where the belief is and then I have to work this thing in my brain and then I gotta read these scriptures over and over and then I'm gonna have to confess and confess and confess until I finally start maybe getting a glimmer then I'm supposed to meditate this is too much work that's how I measured it and you do get it according to your measure measure for measure so I didn't get much um, everyone, and it was a very interesting thing. When I thought about things uh, uh, from that level of according to your faith, I couldn't really grasp it. But what turned it around for me is when I started thinking about according to the kingdom. Because faith has to have a place to hang. Now, if I'm trying to get it according to faith, then I'm thinking of it from a natural perspective. But if I'm trying to get it, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm trying to get it at all, I'm hurting myself. Let me show you. We'll skip around a little bit, all right? Um, turn from there just for a minute. Go over with me to Galatians chapter 2. And let's look at something. Okay. Now, I read this in the Message Bible for, probably for the first time. And I saw something very different. In this uh, passage, uh, Paul is talking about, one of the things he talks about, the Apostle Paul, is, is the confrontation he had with the Apostle Peter. Because the Apostle Peter had been living free. But when the religious people came around, he started regressing back to trying to live as a good Jew. The problem that he had is that once he became kingdom, he couldn't be a Jew. The beliefs are different. Once you become kingdom, you can't be a Baptist. You can't even be a Pentecostal. 
because the beliefs are different. How do I know? You go to any church and they tell you, we do it this way, we do it this way. A lot of things they tell you that are not lined up with the scripture, it's lined up with the tradition of the church and what the people decided was the best way to handle things. You go to any church on the planet, any church that calls themselves uh, believers in Christ Jesus, and, and the chances are very, very good, you're gonna look and go, where'd they get that little squirrely thought from? Okay, you go to some churches, it's, you gotta wear hats. Because the woman's head is supposed to be covered. If she's not wearing a hat, she's got to wear a scarf or she's got to wear something and they dress ugly. I like to wear, I'm wearing all black today. But I would never, I don't want to wear those old, ugly black clothes. Okay? Not going to do that. Or, or they, um, you know, no makeup. And most of the rules seem to be about women. They seem to be very troubled about how a woman looks. Now, he can come as a sharp-dressed man and he can come this way and he can come that way. But she's got to look like a... a, a an object with no color, okay? She's, ha she's the one that has to wear the hat. She's the one that has to do this. She's the one, I mean, there, there's all kinds of rules. Uh, there's other churches you go to, um, no, uh, no preacher. No, if, if, if she's female, the highest rank she can possibly get is missionary. <laughs> or a nurse, or a mother, church mother. That's your rank. Okay, but God called me to preach. Well, he may have called you to preach. I've heard this, I've heard this. He may have called you to preach, but you won't preach here. Okay, that's something they, now, see, I don't actually have a problem with, I don't have a problem with women in ministry. I met some very religious spirits very early on and I was quite carnal. So my response was probably not the best. But I got over it. There were very deeply religious men who told me, you can never tell me anything about the Bible because you're, you're a woman. And I thought, and you're an idiot. So you know, it was the end of that, and you're not cute anymore either. But um, that was my, my <laughs> I don't recommend that. That was just me. Me stepping out of being good for a moment, okay. Okay. Well, it's actually at the church we went to. All right. So, um, and that's what they decided to say in their foolishness. Well, they were repeating what somebody else said, who was repeating what someone else said, who was repeating what somebody else said, but nobody was quoting what God said. They were getting an idea of what Paul said, or what they thought Paul said, or what they thought Paul should be, should be saying. And since this sounds close enough, to what I think should be the way it is. I'm gonna make it a doctrine that God never did. And that's how those things start to happen, all right? So we've had people come here and they tell us the problems that they have and we think, well, if you leave and don't come back, your problem is solved, isn't it? People say, well, that sounds cold. It's like, well, honestly, you really think it's okay for somebody to come into your house and tell you how to run it? When you've heard from God? No, I don't think so. When God has told you to do something, it's like, well, I'm not gonna argue with people about a call. So I don't have an issue. And they say about women in ministry, I don't think about that because I'm not a woman in ministry. I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee called of God to preach the gospel. Yes. My spirit lives in a female body, but I, when it comes to the word of God, I'm not a woman per se. I am a vessel, I am a, I'm a mouthpiece, I'm a mouthpiece, I'm a spirit that is joined with the Spirit of God. And this is scriptural. He said there's neither male nor female. So when I'm operating from the office, the office does not have a gender. Do you understand? Now, uh, outside of that, I enjoy being a woman. I'm not switching out. 
I like it. You see? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But you don't try to, uh, I'm not going to preach the female gospel. And I know a lot of people like to do that kind of stuff. But it's like, well, you know, you can't do that either because he did not tell you to. He didn't say anything about that. What he said is the gospel, did he say the gospel of the woman? The gospel of the Baptist, the gospel of the blacks, the gospel of the Jews, the gospel of the, of the Pentecostal, or is it the gospel of the kingdom? Problem solved. Once we switch over. All the beliefs, all the other things like that, I'm like, whatever you, I, I find myself sometimes in disagreement with the way I think God is saying something, and that's my problem. So what I've learned to do is to give it over to the Holy Spirit and let him straighten me out. And I don't even mean like, you know, straighten you out, whoop you into shape or any of that, but show me where I am incorrect in my understanding. Because I learned that every time you allow the Spirit of the Lord to open something up to you, it's amazing how you can switch over. Because truth has come to minister to you. But as long as somebody's trying to feed you a bunch of garbage, there's, there can be a flesh pushback. Okay, are you with that? So in Galatians chapter 2, when Peter was around individuals that had a problem with um, consorting with the other people, the other kind, you, are, you may be around these so-called new Christians, the Gentiles, but you are still a Jew by birth. But the, the natural birth is not what qualifies you for the kingdom of God. Are you catching what I'm saying? Segregation of any kind in terms of, well, you're not, you know, you're not of our ilk, okay? I don't even use the word ilk, so we're okay. I, I, I'm, I'm not of your ilk, that's fine. I guess you're not of mine either. But one, does not, one is not superior to the other. Else we're never, we would never be able to get the message of the kingdom in place. So you, that means for you and I, you're going to have to stop thinking about yourself. Here's another one. Because I've talked about gender, I've talked about ethnicity, but you've also got to get rid of a victim's mentality. Because that comes from the old life. It comes from the old life. All the stuff that somebody did to you. It's like, are you seriously living there? Well, you may be. Now here's what he says in Galatians. He says that he had this confrontation with Peter. And he said, um, you know, I, I had to let him know, we know, we Jews know that we have no advantage of birth over non-Jewish sinners. Because sinner is, was, was the operative word. Not whether you were a Jewish sinner or a non-Jewish sinner or a Gentile sinner. What was the difference? If the word, if the descriptor was sinner, what difference did it make? Remember I shared with you, or possibly you remember, I shared with you about how I, in my hypocrisy, I figured since I was, I was raised with uh, Jesus in the house, that I, that I was um, a few steps further ahead of my friends, if you will. I lived one kind of life, they lived another kind of life. So I, you know, I went to church at least once every three years. Okay. So since I went to church at least once every three years, I probably had it better going on than them heathens that never went at all. 
That makes me the better person. And yet, as I said, if, if a fireball or something had come in, I probably would have been going in the same direction that most of them were, and it probably was not the up button on the elevator. Okay, so my self-righteousness was a stench to God, but I did not know that because I did not know anything about God, but I knew things about religion. This is what Peter was facing. And so in order to oh, keep the good. peace or whatever it is, he said, we know very well. Um, here's what he said. I'm going to read it out of the message. Uh, this is Galatians 2. Uh, I'll read. Uh, I'm going to start with verse 12. And this is out of the message translation. He said, here's the situation. Earlier, before certain persons had come from James, Peter regularly ate with the non-Jews. But when that conservative group came from Jerusalem, he cautiously pulled back and put as much distance as he could manage between himself and his non-Jewish friends. Remind you of the, I told you about the boyfriend that I had, that I said, because of how he actually did look, he could only come over at night, and during the day I did not want to claim him because of what my friends would think, okay? Because when you're a shallow, insecure, 14, 15-year-old girl, last thing on the planet you want is for your friends to think your boyfriend is ugly. I've been there. I'm not okay. For whatever reason you think you become, you think you have a reason to be ashamed of of liking someone that others don't find attractive. I was very wrong about that, but I was also very insecure. Okay. And I less wanted a boyfriend, I, I, any boyfriend would have done, frankly. It was this prestige of having a boyfriend, which was more important than what boyfriend you had. <laughs> so being able to say I had a boyfriend was like upping my status. Am I making sense? Yeah. Why, is this, why is this relevant? Because we do that with, I, at least I got a car, at least I got a this, at least I have a this. Well, you're being carnal. Because you're basing it on insecurity, you're basing it on pride, you're basing it on something that has to do with the flesh. But it doesn't have anything to do with God. I'll let that sink in. So, he said, that's how fearful he was of the conservative Jewish clique that's been pushing the old system of circumcision. So there's that religion. I have to keep up appearances. This is this this verse in the Message Bible, the translation, um, verse 12, Galatians 2, is very clearly showing that this man who called himself strong in the things of God was modifying his behavior for the sake of an appearance, to keep up an appearance. And if you've ever been to in, in a religious circle, you have to dress a certain way, you have to talk a certain way, you have to believe a certain way or act a certain way, whether it's very decorous or very loud and crazy, whatever it is, you've got to do the same thing everybody else does in order to be included. This is the same type of thing you see in society. This is where shaming comes from when they get the very young people or you know, everybody thinks it's just a teenage problem. No, it really isn't. This is the type of thing that um, people that want to, that are not secure in what they themselves believe and therefore feel everybody's got to think the same way they do in order to justify, uh, you know, their belief. That's really, to me, where it comes from. It's like, you're not secure in what you believe. 
That's why you're trying to force me to think the same way you do. But I am secure in what Jesus believes. And so I'm not going to change my mind. I'm not going to change his mind. And the only changing of my mind I'm going to do is not to change according to the way the world is governed, but I'm going to change my mind according to the way the kingdom is ordered. So there will be some changing in my thinking, but it won't be to go in a, in a, in a backwards direction for the saint of God, for the born from above individual to continue to stay in the ways of the world and to continue to believe the way they do is going backwards. And you'll find it right here. So he says, when that conservative group came from Jerusalem, he cautiously pulled back and put as much distance as he could manage between himself and his non-Jewish friends. That's how fearful he was of the conservative Jewish clique that's been pushing the old system of circumcision. Now, verse 13, he says, unfortunately, here's the consequences of, of, of compromise, the consequences of folding and backing off from God, uh, backing away from um, uh, your stand in Christ. He says, unfortunately, the rest of the Jews in the Antioch church joined in that hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was swept along in the charade. His leadership diminished in, in, in accuracy, but his influence was so great that others followed him in his folly. You don't know who's following you. You don't know who's watching you. You, you. you think that you're just an independent person, but God has put you and I, all of us in the earth to be an influence to somebody. And some of our hard-headedness, our, our, our foolish ways are influencing people not to follow after God or to follow him just as loosely as you do. And that is something we're accountable for. And that's something that I want. Well, I'm like, if you're going to follow me, let's, let's have some fun with this. And let's go someplace worth going. You know, we've just come into an understanding that this word of God, that is, as it's being preached and as it's being released, we have stepped into the understanding there is so much more to the kingdom of God than we thought. Because we thought about God as religious. We thought about God in, you thought about Jesus as a Christian. And he's not a Christian at all. And I cannot tell you how many people that ruffles their feathers when I say, Jesus, I wrote it in a book. Jesus is not a Christian. How dare you say Jesus is not a Christian? Well, how dare you say he is? How can the head of the church be an imitator of himself? He's the originator. He's not a Christian. He's God. He's not a Christian. He's Savior. He's not a Christian. Well, if he's not a Christian, I don't want to be one either. He's kingdom. So I want to be kingdom. I have his mind. Now, if I decide not to be a Christian, and I'm not slamming the word Christian, please understand that. I'm talking about the mindset that's connected to it. You tell somebody you're Christian, they'll sneer at you, or they'll look at you, or they'll talk funny. Oh, yes, I believe in God, too. Well, that's lovely. But after we have a little bit of a dialogue, I find out your beliefs are a little squirrely. Or, or they're not, right? See, so I'm not bashing, I'm not bashing Christian. I'm not bashing Christianity. 
I'm talking about a mindset, a religious mindset, that no more so Paul was not uh, dissing the Jews. He was not saying it's terrible to be a Jew. That's not what he was saying. He, he, then they call him a hater. He wasn't anti-Jewish. He wasn't anti-Israel. He wasn't anti-that. He was pro-kingdom. So everything else comes along. He still probably ate the same stuff. And we know Yeshua wasn't anti-Jews because he went to Passover and he did all the things he did and he fulfilled every single law, every single prophetic word that was spoken. So God is not hating. <laughs> Do you understand? This is not about hatred. This is about location, location, location. Your location is not Old Testament. Let's keep pressing in here. Look what he says. He says in verse 14, but when I saw that they, that, that they were not maintaining a steady, straight course according to the message. Now in the Amplified it says, I saw they were not straightforward, were not living up to the truth of the gospel. The, and the gospel is good news, but it's the good news of what? Say it again. It's the good news of the kingdom. So it's not just the gospel. It's the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom. He said, I saw they were not straightforward, were not living up to the truth, which is the reality of the kingdom, the reality of the gospel of the kingdom. So now, what does that tell you? If they were not living up to, he said up to the truth. They were not, New King James says, they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel. Um, King James says, that I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel. So that word there tells you something. He said they were being phony. They were not walking according to the divine truth that had been revealed to them. Can you see why the Spirit of the Lord would say, you got to step up? Because if you're walking in anything that he didn't say, you're, walking, you're not walking uprightly. You're walking differently. You're crawling, you're doing something, you're probably begging a lot. And you're asking God to give you things that he's already giving you because you don't know what you have. Let's keep looking at this. Okay, so he says, they're not living steady, they're not maintaining a steady straight course according to the message. I spoke up to Peter in front of them all. Why did he speak up to Peter in front of them all? Because if Peter changed, they all would. He wasn't getting in his face. He wasn't, well, he was getting in his face, but what I'm trying to say is he wasn't trying to shame him. He was speaking apostle to apostle, and he's saying, wait a minute. We're responsible for releasing these people into truth. We are not. Our, our job description does not include walking in deception and leading others to do the same. You'll weaken their faith. And you could, you could very, very much bring confusion into their lives, okay? So here he said, I spoke up to Peter in front of them all. If you a Jew, live like a non-Jew when you're not being observed by the watchdogs from Jerusalem. What right do you have to require non-Jews to conform to Jewish customs just to make a favorable impression on your old Jerusalem cronies? Why are you requiring them to live a life that you have been 
called out of. Called out. That's what the word, one of the words for ecclesia, which is what is defined a couple of times that you find as church, but the word means come out, called out, the called out ones. It's not just the government of God, it's the called out ones, the ones that were called out of the life that they were living to come in to the life that God has for them. Okay, so it's not a neutral territory in, the, in between there. So he said, How, why are you doing this? We Jews, he said, we know that we have no advantage of birth over non-Jewish sinners. We know very well that we are not set right with God. And this is where I wanted to center in on, verse, starting on verse 16, Galatians chapter 2. We know very well that we are not set right with God by rule keeping, but only through personal faith in Jesus Christ. How do we know? We tried it. <laughs> and we had the best system of rules the world has ever seen. They did. Because we've interacted with God, we got Moses and them, we got this, we got that, we got the law, we got the prophets, we got all that. Okay, we got the best system of laws you could possibly have. And, and um, he said, uh, convinced that no human being can please God by self-improvement. We believed in Jesus as the Messiah so that we might be set right before God by trusting in the Messiah. Here it is, not by trying to be good. Now, if I'd only seen that scripture, some 25 years or so ago. Wow, what a difference, you know, because what did I tell you? I came into salvation on the behavior modification plan. And my whole thing about Christianity was to try to be good. God never called you to that. Why? Let's look up for again. He says, how do we know that um, we know very well that we are not set right with God by rule keeping, okay? Um, in the King James, it says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. You're not set right. You are not, and let's look at that word. I know people who justify just as I never sin. Okay, it's to render, to be rendered free. To be considered free. And he said, you, you, you don't render, you don't exhibit, you don't evince, you don't declare, you don't pronounce this cleansing, this, this, this life of freedom by the works of the law. It doesn't come from that. And then over here is his message. He said, we had the best laws there were. We had the best system to follow. But none of it, none of it made us righteous. And none of it freed us. That behavior modification stuff does not work. Okay? Not for this. So he said, convinced that no human being can please God by self-improvement. We are, now, there you go. Are you convinced that all your little goody-goody two-shoe stuff, all your little works, self-righteous works, do you honestly think that this is what makes you right with God? Because I hear a lot of people talking about that. I, I used to date, um, I knew men that, I, I, I knew one guy that, I um, said he was going to live like hell until one minute before he died and then he was going to get right with God <laughs> and 
so one day I thought about that. I, 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 thought that, I thought that was so cool. It's like, all right. This is before I got saved. So it's so cool. I'm going to live, I'm going to, but one minute before I die, I'm going to get right with God. What if you don't know what time you're going to die? See, it, it, when I'm out there in the world like he is, that just sounded so cool. He's, he's so deep, deep. See, deep. This man. I mean, wow. Now you're sitting with me. But one minute before you, I I, maybe I'll do that. One minute before I die, I'll keep right with God. But then I had a problem. You want to know what it is? He got me to thinking about dying, and I got scared. I got scared. What happens when you die? Do you just sleep? Where are you going? Does anything happen? It's hell. I know hell's real, but I'm not going, right? Because Jesus is part of the family, right? And then I couldn't sleep. I would literally wake up, wake up, anxiety, because I was scared to die. My mom got saved right around that time, so that's probably one of the first times that she led me through the prayer. Uh huh. She led me through that prayer, oh, every holiday for about three years, two, three years before I finally took. Okay. Every time I saw her, yeah, dear Jesus, whatever, you know, sure. Okay. Can I have some money? I'm going home. You know, love you. See you later. Back to LA. Back to LA. Back to, 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 to all of that other kind of stuff. Okay. Mom was really concerned. But in those days, because of what the squirrely stuff she's being taught, it only radiated to the gospel was not preached to us. What was preached? Fear. You need Jesus so that you don't go to hell. Anybody? Fire insurance, somebody said. God said, I don't sell fire insurance. I don't sell insurance at all. He gives assurance, but he don't, he don't do that other thing. You know, like a good neighbor, Jesus is there. That's not happening. Okay. That's not happening. That's not, that is not it. Okay. That is not it. Okay. So forget it. All right. So anyway, so that was one. And every time I call her, because it wasn't just the holidays, I'd call her. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. What's wrong? I don't know. I don't know. But I can't sleep. Well, obviously, it was just tormenting demons. Okay. And I grew up in an era where there were songs like, The Boogeyman's Gonna Get Ya. And so, you know, you just trade it out. And I'm hearing that. And I guess there was probably like a, um, you know, like the, um, the Rockettes, the dancers that dance in the line, and they're all kicking in formation. That's probably what I had going on with demons. The boogeyman's going on to get you, you know, all these little skeletons are dancing <laughs> and uh, cavorting around my room uh, because, uh, okay, that's the life I lived and that's the world I lived in. So my imagination is going to do things like that. And I had all of these torment. I was tormented. I was tormented. And that's probably when it started. Fear of going to hell. 
did not mean that I wanted. I, okay, I'm a pray for Je uh, I'm a pray for Jesus to come, even though I'm pretty sure I already know him. But you know, somebody asked me, "Do you know Jesus?" Well, I'd like to think that I do. That's what the man said. He said, because uh, he was, uh, you know, it was L.A. Everybody was good looking, a lot of good looking people. And he said, uh, so I talked to him on the bus and on the way to work. I was always happy to see him. And finally one day he spoke to me and he brings, thumps out this Bible and starts talking all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. He's talking about God on a bus in front of people. We don't do that. <laughs> we don't do that. You don't, don't do that. And those tracks, they gave me one of those tracks. Are you going to hell? I don't know. I couldn't read it because I was scared, scared to read it and scared to throw it away. <laughs> Carried it with me from apartment to apartment. Carried it with me from apartment to apartment and never, ever read it. But somebody gave me that track and I'm just like, okay, now there's fear. Put it someplace where you don't have to look at it. And then you're trying to find something else. Where's the, where'd I put those shoes? Where'd I put that money? And here's that trap. It's like, oh, okay, are you going to hell? I don't know. And I just put it down. So I would read it. Am I the only one that did that? No. Oh, okay, good. I'm talking to the right crowd. All right. That's what I did. So, um, so that day that this good-looking man who turned out to be married, um, said to me, Are, do you know Jesus? Well, I'd like to think that I do. And he said to me, well, if you'd like to think that you do, then you probably don't. And I didn't want to talk to him anymore. How rude. <laughs> we grew up with Jesus in the house. My grandmama talked about talk to Jesus every day. And you were sitting there telling me I don't know him? Well, I didn't. But you know, it's the principle of the thing, right? Okay. So here he is. He's saying, we know that you can't please God by self-improvement. So that's why we believed in Jesus as the Messiah. We have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith. Or he says to be set right before God by trusting in the Messiah, not by trying to be good. So all y'all out there, you're frustrated anyway, and when you're trying to be good to please God, you're trying to do the Christian things in front of the Christians, you know. So you're, you're careful. Uh, I used to see people, they, they were smokers and stuff, and they'd be out in the parking lot on the other side of the church and be surprised by all the other ones that were standing out there going, Oh, how you doing? You know, doing a little cigarette thing and putting it out. And then I, I had one preacher, he said, you're not going to go to hell um, for smoking. He said, you may smell like it, but you won't be going, right? And But they would be convicted and embarrassed and trying to, you know, I just needed the cigarette, and, but I didn't want it to be seen at the church. I didn't want the church people, other than the other hypocrites that were out there with me, you know, we're, we're kind of a gang of friends and stuff like that. And you go, and you, they go out. I, I've gone to meetings with people that, you know, Christian this, that, and the other, and, and, and we were staying at the same hotel, and then somebody would turn to me and say, I'm going to, I'm a, 
I'm going to go have a glass of wine. It's just something that we do. You know, I hope that doesn't offend you. And I looked and I thought, why would it offend me? I don't condemn you. If you look at some of us, we, we oh, I never drink wine. It's like, but we got a whole cake up in the room. And when we get up there, I'm going to be chowing down on the cake or the cookies or the candy or this, that, or the other. All right. So um, my addiction was not their addiction. So I could do mine in the privacy of my room. Do you understand? I was fighting the same type of thing. What was it? The food? No, all you had to do was look at me and know I was eating. But, but it was the appearance of. I'm not really a sugar fiend. I'm only going to eat half of a little piece of cake in front of y'all. But I'm stopping by the 24-hour donut shop on my way because this was not enough. You wouldn't dare show the fullness of your vice in front of people because you might scare them. You seriously go eat all that? Yes, I am. You only had that one little glass of wine, but you got the whole bottle at home, or you smoked a half a cigarette. That'd do me right there. And then you chain smoke all the way. Do you see what I mean? Am I, I'm not endorsing, obviously, any of this, but I'm not shaming you either. The, the, the thing itself, the action itself, has been the, the cause of shame for many people. Because they have been trying to do this or doing like Paul in Romans 7. I've sought God. I've tried to get it. I've asked him, please deliver me from this body of shame. And so far he hasn't done it. Why? Because they didn't read Romans 8. That it says that once you have, if you don't walk according to the condemnation of the, uh, the walk according to the ways of the flesh, you're not brought into condemnation by the flesh. Or the, the law of the spirit of uh, Life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. And I'm going to tell you, addictions of all those kind, they, I, 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 hear me clearly. I am not talking about whether or not you drink this or smoke this or do that. I'm not talking about that. I'm telling you because you know what? You might just be doing video games. You might just like to watch certain television programs. You might just like to collect stuff. It's not got, it's less to do now um, what I'm talking about with the task itself is, is, is the spiritual influence. It's the influence. It's the demonic thing. It's the push that you've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I can't go a day without. I've got to have this. I've got to spend this. I've got to, I've got to be at this point. I've got to, do you understand what I'm saying? It's the hunger for something else that you love more than God. That's the problem. And that's because it's flesh driven. It's flesh driven. All right, so here he said, trying to be good, it frustrates you. Why does it frustrate you? It frustrates you because it's independent of him. And you are going to hit a wall. Anybody ever go on a binge? Anybody ever decide, I'm not, I had it with them stuck up church people and I'm not going to be around them for a minute? Okay, them hypocrites and a bunch of whatever it is. And you stay out and you... Indulge yourself in whatever it was. Why? Because you got tired of wearing the mask of being good. You got tired of walking in the religion and the behavior of something. And you did not realize, we did not understand that why, the reason we walked in it at all is because we weren't free. Because we were living the old life. I'm taking a long time to get to a short subject. Okay? Alright, so here he says, have some of you noticed that we are not yet perfect? 
No great surprise, right? And are you ready to make the accusation that since people like me who go through Christ in order to get things right with God aren't perfectly virtuous, Christ must some, therefore be an accessory to sin? That's what people say. Are you ready to make that accusation? Your God, this is how they say it. Well, if you still got that problem, your God must not be all that. Right? And so what do you do then? You walk in shame and you decide not to come back because I'm not a good witness. I'm talking to somebody. All right? Now, God wrote about it, so evidently it's not a shock. How about that? He wrote, <laughs> all I did is, here I said, uh, Peter, I could have put your name in here. I surely could have put mine in here. Because it's like, oh my God, this is me, this is me, this is me. You know, this is the kind of stuff that you're looking at. It's like, well, no, it's the old life. And the reason that you're having problems is because you haven't taken on the new. That doesn't get old. So your new life is never an old life. It's always a, the new life. And why is it the new life? And I'll give you this very easily. Because it is life. The new life is the life of God who never decays or perishes or grows old. So when you have new life, you're talking about the life of not just the life that comes from, but the life of God himself. So how could it ever grow old? How could it ever wear out? How could it ever grow stale? It's impossible because he would have to. Catch that, because that's a portion of something that, that I uh, want you to have, okay? So he says, the accusation is frivolous. God forbid, it's not even possible for God to fail. And so when you take that thing, um, if I was trying to be good, this is what he said, verse 18, I would be rebuilding the same old barn that I tore down. I would be acting as a charlatan, as a fake, as a hypocrite, as a phony, a transgressor, been there, done that, okay? If I am trying to maintain the behavior modification version of Christianity. If I am basing my salvation upon my works instead of the works of Christ, I am trying to resurrect the old life. I'm trying to keep it alive or resuscitate it, keep it alive. I am still living the old life and I have refused everything that he has given to me. I'm living Old Testament. I'm still looking for him to do something that he's already done. I'm living Old Testament. I'm still trying to get something from him according to, uh, you know, according to an old way of thinking. Now, here's why the woman that had uh, the issue and was healed, why she's so important to us. I'll get to that in a minute. He says, what actually, verse 19, what actually took place is this. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't, it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman so that I could be God's man. That's Galatians 2.19 in the message translation. I quit being a lawman so that I could be God's man. What he realized, what he's telling you is, I finally realized I can't live both lives. 
I cannot be old wine in a new wine skin. And that's what I've been trying to do. He's saying, throw off the old. Why don't you accept on every level that you are a new creation? Because you don't see yourself as one. That's what he's telling us. You know, when you see, you still see your sin. You still see your past. You're not your sin. You're not the sin. You're not the sin. You're not the addiction. You're not the, if you were sinned against, you're not the rape. Okay? Oh, it was my fault because of this. Hey, you made some choices that you would certainly not do again, but you're still not the product of the crime. You're not the victim. You're being called a victim. But if you don't call yourself one, we can turn some things around. You with me? You can turn some things around. Okay? You have to stop. This is what, okay. As I say you, Hear yourself saying that to yourself. Instead of me sitting here at the table saying, this is what y'all got to do. No. This is what I say to myself. Say that. This, this is, is what, what I, I say to, to myself. myself. Okay. You got to stop believing that you're a victim. You've got to stop believing that you are addicted to things that are trying to kill you. I'm saying this to me. You've got to stop seeing yourself through the eyes of sin. You've got to stop believing a lie about yourself and all kinds of things like that. You've got to stop believing you can't when the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And he's going to prove that in just a minute, in the few minutes I have left. You got to, we have to talk to ourselves. People go, oh, well, you know what they say. If you talk to yourself, it's a sign of, uh, what, what do they say? Sign of insanity. I said, well, you know what I think? People are not really interested when they say that. I said, well, I said, I think if I don't talk to myself, it's a sign of insanity. Because if I'm not talking to myself, then everybody else is talking to me. And they say, huh. Well, the other is stupid. Unless you're telling yourself every day. Now, here's insanity. Looking in the mirror and calling yourself the things that the devil caused you. Another crazy thing to do. Reject what God says based upon what you see. Okay. All right. So he says... I was, if, if I was trying to be good, I would be rebuilding the same old barn that I tore down. I'd be acting as a hypocrite, as a charlatan. He says, what actually took place is this. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit. But instead of walking away from church, instead of walking away from the things of God in my frustration, he said I quit being a lawman so that I could become God's man. I made a decision to leave off the old life. You're going to have to shed it. You're going to have to, in things that you're thinking, because like, how, how are we going to do this? We're going to do it by the word. We're going to do it, first of all, by recognizing what we do have. We have life. We have eternal life. We have the life of God, which it doesn't mean, oh, you have the life of God in you. Yeah, okay, thank you. 
I don't know what that means, but I got the life of God in me. No, 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 no. I mean that I have heaven residing on the inside of me. I have the timelessness of God. I have the supernatural reality of heaven living on the inside of me. I have access to, I have access to, I have access to the realm of the possible. In fact, it lives in me. So I got to stop trying to get healed. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. In message, he says, Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely with him. How much of you do you identify with Christ? Isn't there a part of you that you step back from and go, I know he doesn't accept this part of me? Ever do that? You know, because I've got these issues, and I know he accepts me, and I know he loves me, because the scripture says I'm accepted in the beloved, except for this part of me. You know, because I'm still trying to get this part fixed. And once this part of me gets better, then I know that God will accept me. You're wrong. Absolutely wrong, because that's outside of what he said to do. That's rebuilding. Can you see this? This is building the old life again, the old beliefs again, the old cycle again. And honestly, it's works without faith. It's behavior modification. I'm trying to get accepted by somebody that's already accepted me. That's like somebody asking somebody to help you fill out an application for a driver's license and you pull out your license to give them the information. in the same state. Yes? They can't hear you, Crystal. No, you have to give it an assignment. It's not tethered to anything. We talked about tethering. Y'all recall me saying this. Everything, every emotion has to be tethered to the Word of God. There is something in here that connects to turn the thing around. For instance, you're saying, um, I don't think that I... Um, I'm not able to perform on my job. I'm not able to do the things on my job. But Philippians tells you I can do all things through Christ. So your belief about what you can't, you're failing or your lack is, is connected to the world. It's got to be disconnected from there because it's not the truth and it has to be connected to truth. There is a word, a word from the Lord. If nothing else, Psalm 138 verse 8 works every time. 
The Lord will perfect the things that concern me. The Lord perfects the things that concern me. If I'm concerned about it, he will take care of it. But if you don't believe that, it's your, your belief about yourself is connected to what Satan says. It's not connected to what God says. I know that I am not consistent with this thing. And that thing <laughs> makes me feel that I'm lacking from God or I'm not getting what mm -hmm. God says is true. Mm -hmm. Now, you're saying I'm gonna take the I'm gonna tether, I'm gonna connect with the word of God, I'm gonna get a scripture, and I'm going to say that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, or God perfects the thing that concerns me, even though I'm still not consistent in that behavior. You're still not consistent in the behavior and you've judged yourself with that expectation not to be because your mind is disconnected. You're still thinking with the old mind, but the Bible says that you have the mind of Christ. Okay? Here in Romans 7 he says, through Jesus Christ my Lord I am de I'm delivered. With the mind, he said, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And he was talking about that old thing. But the Bible says, okay, um, we have the mind of Christ, and we do hold the thoughts and intents and purposes of his heart, right? So, um, or here, let me, let me do it this way. Let me do this one. You're, uh, you're disallowing something, okay? You're not, you, you have to, what we say to ourselves is, hey, hold up. You're out of line. If you're saying, well, I'm not able to do this and I'm not able to do that, you are refusing to let the mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Because that's the mind that sees what the Father sees and knows what to do. You're still living in that place. It, it's still, let me ask, let me put it this way. You can say to the Holy Spirit, am I living according to the word here or am I living outside of it? And he's going to tell you you're living outside of it. The scripture says, why don't you let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who didn't think it was robbery. Uh, or, uh, here, I like this one too, Philippians 3.15. It says, if you are mature, have this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal it to you. Have the mind that will show you out, how to get out of. Because you're still, if you're still thinking about the thing based upon your failure, you're still thinking about the thing based upon your inability to do it. You're still thinking about the thing from a place of carnality. <coughs> You're still seeing it the same way. You just threw some words at it. Am I making sense? Yeah. Okay, like people that put perfume on an on a unwashed body. Yeah, you, you're not making it better. Not making it better, but you threw something at it, you know, thinking, okay, this is, this is what it is, okay? But you, you, you didn't... You didn't make it better. You simply fouled up something else, okay? But what we do is we say, no, stop, that's it. And I, I, I seriously do this. Okay, that's it. Everything stops. I am so out of line right now. I am condemning myself. I am angry. And I can see, you know, all I can see is what I cannot do. Therefore, I do not see what you see. 
I do have the mind of Christ. I do let this mind be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus. And I will come to you now. I, I choose to change the way I think about this. Repentance is a powerful weapon. You didn't repent. Repent, remain, it means to turn around. I don't know about all that, but I do know it means to change how you think. Yeah, you have to change how you think. And see, it's so interesting because you know the person that can do all the, that can help you out of every quandary, every mess. But the problem that many of us have is we don't talk to him. We do not talk to him. It's like riding in the car with the Holy Ghost and you too busy doing this. Okay, and I know many of you have done that. You get on your phone and you start, you, now the person that has the answers, the spirit, he's right there. But we got to do everything else except talk to him. Come on, this is good. That was good, Christy. Okay, are you with me? Yeah. Almost done. Oh my gosh. Where did the time go? It went where it always goes. All right. <laughs> okay. So what he said is, I'm not going to go back on this thing. He says, I've been crucified with him. My ego is no longer central. It's no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. And I'm no longer driven to impress God. There you go. I want God to see how smart I am. I want God to see that I don't actually need him. I just let him help me out. Well, why else do you get upset with him when things don't go the way you think that they should? Okay? He says, I'm no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. Okay? The life you see me living is not mine, but it is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The quality of my life is spirit. Not just spirit, the Holy Spirit. He has changed the quality of my life. She's fine, don't worry about it. He has changed the quality of my life. He has changed the quality of my spirit. My spirit is no longer dead. He has come, as the uh, apostle puts it, and married myself, married me, consummated, brought me in to a place where everything is alive. We go through physical things, pain. You know why? Because you didn't say, wait a minute, I, am, I have the life of Christ in me. Now, why do you not identify with the, um, with the woman that had the issue of, um, you know, with, with the woman that had the issue of blood? Or what, what was the scripture we were looking at at the beginning? Uh, it was see. Matthew 9, And what, who was the, the blind man? Okay. Why? That too. Okay. Why, did we, why do we not identify with, um, hold on, do this right. Come on. Why do we not identify with the blind men the same way? The reason is, we said because of the old covenant, okay? All right, I have seven minutes to get this done, so let's get it done. All right. He said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be to you. 
Now, that was, as I said, the frustration, and we just looked at frustration. We just saw how it come because of everything that you're trying to do as you. You don't do anything as you because the Bible says it's Christ in you who is the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of my ability to give glory to God or for God to be glorified in what I do. All right? So when Jesus asked that, okay, he gave me this indication, but his question for me is modify. He's not saying to me, do you believe that I'm able to heal you? Now, you're Bible people, so you understand. Why is he not saying that? And it, no, because it's not necessary. The reason it's not necessary is because he's already done it. At the time that he was walking this old covenant walk with these people, he had not gone to the cross. So everybody had not received healing. He had not provided healing for everyone. The best he could do is to release it into everybody that came his way. But once he went to Calvary, once he said it is finished, once he rose from the dead, once he poured out his blood on the mercy seat, once he sat down at the right hand of the throne of the Father, the provision for your healing was no longer, are you, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Because why would I ask you if you believe I'm able to do what I've already done? You've got to come into new life. That's the old life. The old life is when you're trying to get something from God. The new life is when you have everything. The old life is when you say, please pray with me, brother. Would you just pray with me? Maybe, that, you know, because I got this interview coming up. Pray with me that, you know, that I'd I, I be able to get this job. Yeah? If you, would you believe with me that I'm going to have favor when I go, not you flavor, but favor when I go to, to this place and these people going gonna to bless this ticket and I'm going to be all right. That's old life. That's old life. Because the Bible says that he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I'm seeking the spirit of God to find out if this is the job I'm being sent to. I'm not asking him if this, can I, could you please, 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 Jesus, give me this job, please, Lord, let this money come through, please, I mean, y'all sound like, yes, throwing the dice, come on, Jesus, Jesus, seven, all right, Seven come eleven. All right? Do you see what I'm saying? You are thinking about yourself as one that is without. You're thinking like a Gentile. You're thinking like you don't have a covenant. You are thinking like you don't have life. It's the eternal life. Not getting out of hell. My ticket from hell. I got, I got my, here's my fire insurance law. I ain't going to. You know, fire insurance is a very interesting thing. Okay, are you with me here? Let me make this last point then and you can ask your question. Okay, so what he's saying to you and to me is the life you see me living, this is what the Bible is not mine. I am trying to live the old life as long as it's my life. But when I come into new life, it's the life of Christ through me. The life I now live in the flesh, Galatians 2, the life I now live in the flesh Verse 20, I live by the faith of Jesus. 
It's not my life that I'm living. I'm living the life of God or God, the, the life of God. Or in other words, here's another way to put it. I am living in earth as I am in heaven. You get a lot of things taken care of in the earth. If you start seeing that, wait a minute, if it's below standard, it ain't heaven. And I said ain't on purpose. I'm not an ain't person. But there you go. If it's not demonstrating the power of the kingdom, it's too low. I'm not living, oh, hold up, hold up. Indulge me. I got, I got, I got, I got, I want, I want, I want, I need, 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 I need. That's what you say. But you say this too. When we get to heaven, won't be no dying there. Well, duh. <laughs> won't be no crying there. Yes, there will for a moment. When you see all the things that you passed on, that heaven had for you, that you turned down, because I got to do this. What do you look like in heaven? You got this going on. You got that going on. You got, talk about, I, gotta, I got real estate in, in heaven. I got this. I got that. But you don't have it here because you never called for it. Because you still thought, uh, just, oh, God, if this, if this, oh, Jesus, Jesus. I just got, oh, Jesus, Jesus. You know, well, you're not actually talking to him. You're talking at him. You're not listening to what he's saying to you. If he's the God that perfects the things that concern you, then everything that you got that's screwed up, he can perfect. But we don't, we don't say, I'm going to assign something to you, Carr. You're going to be to me in earth as you are in heaven. What is you in heaven? Debt-free. I'm going to assign something to you, Bones. You're going to be in earth as you are in heaven. You're not arthritic. Everybody says it, right? When we get to heaven, all sick sickness will be gone. Yeah. Well, why don't you live in earth as you are in heaven? And then what happens? The life that I now live means my capacity. Jesus is not saying to you, do you believe I can do this, able to do this? He's saying, do you believe that I am able to do, that I will work through you to do the same things that I do? Because that's why I'm here. Do you believe I'm here to do the same work through you? Because you go, I ain't praying for that because it might not work. I dare to say things to people a lot of times, and I'm watching people get healed without me saying anything because it's not me. Do I believe that I'm able to do it? No. Do I believe that he's able to do it through me? Yes. And though I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Who's got something they need to pray for? Why? Because I want to watch him work. Yeah. I want to release this new life. And I want to keep perpetuating it. Go ahead with your question, because we're. So the Lord could access the light. I'm tethered, I'm tethered all things to the Lord. Well, yeah. It, it, the thing is, is that you have to. Re we're living spirit. We're spirit. You already have the new life. Really, to access the new life, get rid of the old one. You have a lot of stinking thinking. That's everybody. Okay, and, oh no, my, my, my thinking, my thoughts are beautiful. Praise God, awesome. Let's, let's make it better, okay? Um, you, you have stinking thinking. 
That's the old life. Why don't you, one of the things, not only tethering, but identifying. This is not him. Oh, well, you know, because I hear people, oh, I mean, oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Yes, this is great, right? And then we get to after service when everybody's just chowing down and chatting and you walk by and you hear people say, yeah, I tell you what, that job, oh, I don't know how I'm even going to make it. I tell you what, if I don't get this money by this time, and you listen to, well, look at you, little faith giant. I guess that was a picture, a reflection. <laughs> what, what, what happened to you? You went from plump, juicy grape to old raisin. <laughs> Dried old raisin. Okay. <laughs> what happened? I'll tell you what happened. You never really received it. And when I say receive, I don't mean like it hand, it's getting handed to you and you take it. What I mean is you never looked inside to say, hey, I do have that. Have you done inventory of your spirit life at all? No. Just say no. Okay. No. But you're going to now because you're thinking to yourself, I never even heard of that. Whoever knew that I could do that? So I've provoked you now to, to go to him and say, let's take inventory of what we have. Do I have eternal life? Yes or no? Do I have the power? Is the power to heal in me? Well, yes. How do I know? Because it's life. And I'll end with this. You see, you got to remember this. This sounds funny, but take it the way it is. The life of heaven is alive. It's living. Everything is alive in heaven. The water is alive. Living water. What's well, got to be coming from? The eternal place. If you would ask me, I would give you this living water. Well, you don't have to ask. Lord, would you give me the living water? Baby, you've already got the living water. In fact, you what are you talking about? See what I mean? Lord, if you would just heal me again. Again? No. You're never not healed. You're never not here. Well, what are you talking about when I have this headache and I feel I did not say your body was not afflicted. I said there's never a time when you are not healed. God never calls you sick. So when your body starts acting crazy, you tell it, oh, evidently you didn't make that meeting. I am not a carrier of sickness and disease. I am a carrier of the life of God. So if you are legal in heaven, then you can be legal in me, in earth. But if you're not accepted in heaven, you're not accepted here. Did I, am I telling you symptoms don't come? Nope. Sure not. Have them all time. Have doctors or whoever saying, well, you probably need oxygen and you need this or that or the other because you don't sound... Well, you sound sick. I don't care if I sound sick or not. I'm not sick. I did not say my body was not experiencing it. Please understand me. Because I don't want anybody under condemnation if they have to take medication or anything else. I'm not telling you that. I'm saying that if you would start to tell yourself, tell your body, you have, you're taking this because that's what you need to do. Because you're so used to this world, this is what you caught. But I'm telling you that the, that, that the greater one is on the inside. And that you are going to, this is your metamorphosis, baby. You're going to come out of this and you will never need this, that, or the other again. Because you, are, you have operated, we have operated all these years under the belief that we are broke, we are poor, we are sick, we are this, we are that, we are the other. So, no, I don't think that unless, unless you've done some really gung-ho stuff. 
No, you're probably going to go through the process of letting the word, that's where you're talking about, tethering the word. But it starts with saying what he said and refusing to change your mind because your body does not agree. Or your thinking doesn't agree. Yes, ma'am. Because we're done. No, I was going to say that. She's bringing you the mic. I get, I know. What I hear you saying is you, you first identify, hey, recognize. <laughs> location, location, location. Where do you sit? Where do you live? Where are you from? Where, you, where do you live? Where do you sit? I sit in, in heaven. Yeah. Christ okay. Jesus. So what does it look like? It looks, it looks, uh, no, seriously. That's no, what I... Seriously, it does look... Where, 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 <laughs> well, when I'm sitting in Christ Jesus, it looks like I don't have pain. Well, when aren't you sitting in him? I'm always supposed to be sitting in him. No, 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 no. There ain't no supposed to. There's no supposed to. <laughs> there is... No, here, I got you. That's perfect. That's perfect. But the Bible doesn't say when you're supposed to or when you sit. The Bible says you're seated. Mm -hmm. So when aren't you seated? Never. And I know we pray, I take my seat. Well, no. I'm in my seat. Because <laughs> because the location, 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 in the heavenlies, in him. How you what you gonna do? Jump out? No, You're in Jesus. Thinking, wrong thinking, because you, you, okay, I would have a serious problem with one of my bones saying, ooh, I got to pop out for a moment. <laughs> wow. Seriously. Okay, one of my ears going, look, I need to get down there and meet up with some, I'll be back, and just pop off and toddle off. No, you ain't. Or something internal coming out. We get upset if blood flows. How dare you leave? Am I right? So then how is it possible for you to not be seated in him if you were seated in him? I think that's enough for tonight because I just have it. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to think on that. That's what we're, this is, we're talking about life. The source of my life. The source of my life. Not only, I mean, let me tell you how good we got it. Not only do we live in him, but he lives in us. Why? Because he just can't leave us. He really can't. He said, I can't leave you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I'm with you always. I won't. Can't. Nor forsake you. You know, you on your own. It's not happening. So, is that somebody that loves them some you or what? I carry you with me everywhere. And then I go with you everywhere. So when do you not have the life of God happening for you? When? When is it that his life is not working? Okay, I will say, now we're talking old life, new life, right? But I'm just talking position, location. This is, it doesn't wear out. It doesn't, it, well, it comes and it goes. No, he doesn't. It's a location. It's a location. Yeah, it don't. 
Well, the life of God is with me today. Y'all pray for me that I had the life of God in me tomorrow, Robin. All right. Y'all pray. Y'all pray that, that I, that I, that I, no, no, just stop it. <laughs> you know, no, 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 no. You have life in you, enough life to change your circumstances, to change the atmosphere. Please pray that these people will read our proposal and give us the money. I will not. And you shouldn't either. Instead, you spend, we're going to spend some time praising and thanking God. All of our needs are met. How they're met. That's the surprises that he does for me. For me. Okay? And I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm done. We're so over time. Hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to still talk to these folks, but uh, we need to stop. I, I think we need to stop. Somebody's supposed to turn off the camera, but nobody, they're all sitting here looking at me like, no, we want to continue this discussion. No, you're not going to finish. You are not just going to cut this off and just tell us that. Okay, I'll leave y'all with us for just a few more moments, okay? All right, so here's the thing. Are you catching this? Are you yeah. pulling? Well, obviously you are because look, I'm like leaning forward and everything now. No, you get back over there. We're going to turn Okay. All right. So here's the thing. This is what I'm trying to say. You are alive to God and the life of God, the life that you now live is not your life. It's Jesus. The one that did heal the sick and raise the dead and cause multiplication and instant wealth transfer. He is the one that is alive on the inside of you. Things are not supposed to die around you, and they won't when, as you start learning, as we learn. We, we do. Y'all want to do this with me? Because this is what yeah. I study. This is my personal Bible study that I'm sharing with you right now. Okay. Uh, as we look at the fact that, wait a minute, because I'm here, death cannot prosper. Because I'm here, um, oh, well, what about when you pray for people and they die? I don't have anything to do with what's going on in that person's life, mind, thoughts. But I tell you one thing, and I've, I've experienced it over and over again, even though I've, with people I prayed for that ended up deciding, they chose to leave. But I've been around a number of people that they would tell me, I don't want you to leave because when you're with me, the pain's not here. <laughs> have you ever experienced anything like that? So what does that tell you? The life is working. The life is working, okay? I plan to master this thing so that cancer runs screaming from bodies when I come around because I have had it. And this will be this year. Why? Because I'm learning. I carry life, baby. I don't carry all this other stuff. I don't carry the fear of sickness and disease. I don't care if it's man-made or devil-made or whatever you call it. If it's not God-made, as we read the scripture, if God didn't plant it, then it gets uprooted. If the thoughts you're thinking about your life are not from him, you need to dig them up. Jeremiah 1 tells you, root it out, get it out. Cut the head off these things. It gets to be fun watching these little things come up and you just, with the word of God, speak the word. Cut them out. No, I'm not, I, I'm determined. Start with one part because you only put one sock on at a time. So just focus on getting that one on right. Do you understand what I mean? Is What I'm saying is don't try to go, oh, okay, it's this, that's this, this, everything is this. It is, and then he'll show you where to start. Because you're going to start with the greatest place of unbelief. You're going to start with the greatest challenge to you. I just don't believe anybody could love me. 
Why not? Look at that precious face. Look at who's on the inside of you. You're already loved. So see, as soon as you say that, it's like, yeah, well, people always tell me that, but you've never believed it. Maybe you need to just start by believing. Do you believe, Jesus said. He asked them, do you believe I'm able to do it? But now he's asking you, do you believe what I said? Do you believe what he said? Well, yes, Lord, I did. Well, then what was the other thing he said? He said, well, if you believe, in this case, he had said to them, if you believe that I'm able, then according to your faith, let it be to you. But he said, but when you believe that I can or that I have, it's, it's, it much, it's do you believe what I said? Do you believe that I have already healed you? Because it's never, ever, here, I got to tell you again, the symptoms in your body, the things that you experience, I am not telling you to deny that they are happening. What I'm telling you is to deny it power by exerting your supernatural power. You are telling it you are submitted to the name of Jesus. You will submit to the name of Jesus. Yes, but everything hurts right now. Then you still just speak his name. If you have to have oxygen, if you have to go to the doctor, of course you're going to do that. I'm not telling you not to do that. I would, that would be irresponsible. But while all that is happening, learn to exercise your authority and say, no, it won't be this way. Oh, you're going to be uh, mentally incapacitated for the rest of your life. No, I can't be. That's not possible. What do you mean? Because that's not in earth as it is in heaven. I choose to be in earth as I am in heaven. That's my choice. And then I'm going to let the power of those words the one who hastens over those words will perfect the things that concern you. Y'all with me? Yeah. Okay. Last comment, you have one? He needs the mic. You know this. I pray I'm being accurate here. And check everything out by the word. Go ahead. We are dirt. We are earth. Mm -hmm. we, were, we were formed from the dust of the ground mm -hmm. in earth. Mm -hmm. as it is in heaven. Precisely. That's it. In me, in you, as it is in heaven. Yes. We are transformed into the image of Christ Jesus by the renewing of our mind, renewing from what we used to know, what we thought, what we learned naturally, to what the Bible says, what God said. When Jesus came to the earth, he became the person that we are to be now. Yes. He became so, in earth as he is in heaven. He became earth. He, from heaven, in earth, mm -hmm. he became earth. Mm -hmm. And he knew perfectly how to do everything. Mm -hmm. And we are to model ourselves after him by learning his word and living it, walking it, thinking it, breathing it every day. Anything that we fail in, we repent of, like she said, change your way of thinking by learning what he said in his word about your failure. And simplify it by simply asking it's, him, it's sim so ask him to simply say, what do you think about this? Yeah. That's it. That's a lot easier than trying to find your scripture. And one more thing, because this is so much fun. I love what you said. Okay. All right. Two, two expressions, two expressions. In earth, 
as in heaven, and on earth. Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is in earth. And so what Rodney was saying, he, the brother was saying, and he points to himself, I'm the earth. He's in the earth. So be it in earth, as in heaven, while we are on the earth. That's what changes it. Location, location, location. And we'll come again with this. I don't know if I had questions online. If we did, um, we'll get them next week. We will do that. So this is our, as I said, we're, this is spirit to spirit. This is a spirit to spirit conversation. I pray you're so excited to realize, wait a minute, because even now what I believe is that you start feeling almost like this excitement inside of you. And you know what that is? It's your awareness of life. Yes. I, if, you, if you've never felt anything else, I want you to, to, to go out of here today going, I'm alive. Yes. I'm really alive, not merely on the earth alive, but I have the life of God in me, which means I'm alive, like heaven is alive. It's going to do some things for you. It's going to do some things for you. So I want to say thank you uh, for those that are uh, receiving the tithes and offerings and all that other kind of fun stuff. And we praise you, Lord. We, we, we'll get to that in a minute, but we praise you so much and thank you for this, Holy Spirit. Thank you for what, you, what you're speaking and what you're teaching. And I thank you also, just as our brother has said, that everybody gets that, that unlocked place, that understanding of the, the peace that he or she needs tonight to be able to start in this. And I do, that, that when they catch the first thing that will happen, when somebody says, hey, believe with me for, they're going to listen to that and ask the Holy Spirit, is that the way we're supposed to say it? Is that the way? I mean, we are to the place, we're just like, we're so hungry for this. We so desire you to manifest yourself. We're, we're not probably as excited about it as you are, but because you're in us, we do carry your excitement. And we want this, Lord. I, I believe that, you, that, that this message has been released in a place where we want this. We want this. We really do. And I thank you so much for opening this and, and unlocking it even more. That there is a tre We carry this treasure in, this, in these hidden vessels or these, this hidden treasure in these vessels, these earthen vessels. That's where we carry it. The treasure, the, the, the secrets, the mystery, the power, the life of God, the life of heaven is on the inside of us. Let everybody understand. That means that the blood that is in us is alive. It is alive to you. It is vibrating, pulsating. It is causing some major shifts. I release this word into the lives of people I've read about on, online today that are saying this is happening in my body and this is happening in my body and I'm preparing for this and they're accommodating the sickness and disease but I ask you to surprise them with the unveiling of the truth that they are already healed and I call for that to manifest I release the life of God into them all in the name of Yeshua I release the life of God I release the life of God into our minds the life of God into our hearts our eyes 
our ears, our scalps, our feet, everything in from head to toe and everything in between. I release the life of God into our church members that we have not seen in a long time. I release the life of God into marriages. I release the life of God into finances. I release the, God, the life of God into every scenario, into every situation that is taking place, every trauma, every drama. We release the life of God, be it in earth as it is in heaven, and cause these things to change. We respect you. We honor you. We bless you. What do I mean by respect? We choose to believe you without you having to, you never have to, in our minds, jump through a hoop to prove that you are who you say you are. And because we believe you, greater things than this shall we do. So I praise you and I thank you for that. It affects the apostle of the house and every other. And you have the prophets coming and all the things that will take place to let it be known that the kingdom of God is here. And we are glad to be a part of it. So I uh, bless everyone that has joined us tonight. I thank you so much. If you are um, a part of our house and you're giving into the offerings and so forth, y'all know what to do. But she'll put it up on the on the screen anyway. And for those of you that have questions, please contact us at www.contactusatastoundinglove.org so that we can answer your questions, so that we can release the life of God into you. I wouldn't just say pray because we decree, we declare, we release so that things change in your life. So that if you don't really want um, demonic things to be short-circuited and so that you can live vibrantly, then don't ask us to do this. But if that's what you want, then we're willing to believe with you and to see the things of God take place. If you do not know Jesus, it's time that you did. Not for fire insurance, but for eternal life to be living on the inside of you. I am Pastor Lunzing Lee of Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship. I invite you to join us with our apostle on Sunday at 10 45 for biblical solutions for life this has been awesome and thank you so much for being a part of it and we're going to say good night say good night good night <laughs>